Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I am really excited to welcome to this episode of Fed Talks a friend and colleague here in Illinois, Jolaine Orlin, who is in Carroll Stream, Illinois, at Glenbard North High School. She has been teaching for over 25 years, and that is after a wonderful career in uh, in, in uh Sports broadcasting, is that correct? Or journalism? Sports, sports, and mostly sports, but yeah. TV news. TV yeah, news, absolutely. yeah. And, yeah. And, and may I add, we're going to get into it, but the Emmy winning Jolaine Orlin. So, yes, of course. <laughs> Jolaine, welcome to the show. And nobody knows about. No, I did not wear a long gown and go up on the stage to receive my Emmy. Although that would have been wonderful. <laughs> well, I think you should have. I think they should have let you do that. So, Jolaine, just introduce yourself and kind of share your story and your journey to where we are right now with you at Glenbard North. Well, it's a long journey. I've, I've been around for a while. Um, I'm so happy to be here. And um, I'm doing what I love to do, finally, when I found my way to teaching. Um, let's see. I was obsessed with acting and musicals and theater as a child I came uh, I was raised by parents who were in the business and it was sort of expected of me to be a performer so I majored in undergrad I majored at um, well I was at actually forced don't ever do this my advice to people I went to four universities in four years and I actually graduated on time and that's an entirely different podcast wow (laughs) all right (laughs) But I did it. I got my degree. First, I started at the University of Miami Ring Theater, which is a wonderful theater program from Florida. And then I transferred for personal reasons up to Boston and applied to uh, Boston College. I didn't know that they had a great theater program. I loved the, um, I'm I'm a romantic, so I walked around the the, uh, campus and I thought, this is gorgeous. And I remember my mother saying to me, do they have theater? That's what you want. I said, I don't know. I just, I just have to go here. So as it turns out, one of my professors there uh, really helped me discover my acting and train me. And he's actually a playwright um, to Jillian on her 37th birthday. Are you familiar with I that am, play? Yeah. Michael Brady. So Michael was my professor, my main professor that uh, really got me interested. It of course, my passion for this started in high school, and I'll talk about that when I talk about great, great teaching and why I went into teaching. But um, from there, I uh, so I minored in communications, took a few TV production classes, and that's how it happened that I got into television and, and broadcasting. I thought I wanted to do on-camera work, and I walked into a long story short. I ended up in North Carolina, walked into a TV station in Asheville, North Carolina, and in those days, you could do that. And I said, uh, I want to learn. I'll pour coffee. I want to learn the business. I wasn't secure enough as an actress. I just wasn't ready to take that leap, even though I was a theater major. And I knew I had to make money. And, you know, all of us acting people, you know, what am I going to do? So I thought I'll make a little money. Well, it ended up being a six-year career, about six years. 
Um, I, I learned how to uh, direct newscasts and became the uh, 6 and 11 p.m. news uh, director of the newscasts at this small TV station. Then I heard, and make a long story short, Chicago was hiring engineers. We call us engineers. I am far from an engineer and actually faked my way through it um, quite well. <laughs> Learned a business <laughs> because of my acting ability. They said, what do you know? And I said, oh, sure, I know television news. I can do that. And um, boy, did I learn. So I ended up in Chicago at NBC5. And they put me in a room doing what they call Chiron, which is all the graphics that are uh, superimposed over the video. So all the scoring and the weather, all the any any visual things that you see. And it was very stressful. Then they put me on sports pickups. So I was traveling all over the country. Um, doing graphics for sports scores. So I was on headset with producer and it was very, very stressful. Um, then I lost my job because NBC went on strike in the late eighties. Mm. That's how old I am. And uh, that's when everything changed. I uh, did some soul searching and thought, thought I wanted to go back to acting and uh, try to make it in the Chicago scene. And I went to graduate school at Roosevelt University. And I was an acting major, an MFA. I got my MFA, which took three years. Well, in that process of learning to act and direct, I thought, well, I'm going to teach. I was sure I was going to teach at the college level. I decided I had to be a professor. I was going to be Professor Orland at a university. And my love would be directing because I learned about directing. And that's what I was going to do. And then I thought, maybe what I should do, and I was smart to do this, I should get my speech certification, because there was no theater certification for the high school level that, you know, to get to. And I, I didn't know about ISU. And I was already married and thinking about having kids. So I, uh, I went to Northern, wait, not Northern, Northeastern Illinois University, which is still around in the Chicago area. I was the last student to get my I already had my BA so it was just a certification in teaching and I was the last student there to get my speech certification so I got the MFA at the same time as MFA in acting and speech certification which was really cool <laughs> and still in mind that I was going to be an actress teaching maybe I don't know college teaching I want to teach great actors how to act as I I really loved the process and I thought I can do this I'll be at the college level once I started to get into the high school teaching program and did my student teaching I had been my student teaching I was already in my mid-30s and I had a horrible but wonderful I don't know if that sounds right uh student teaching experience um I thought I have to do this I everything changed uh, acting, the desire to act again, just, I don't know. Everything was superseded by my connection with kids and my love, my passion, my love of theater. So that's what I did. And I started at, well, I can mention Oak Park River Forest High School. Uh, I've worked at Proviso. Uh, people, local people will know these schools. Um, so I've done three, yeah, 
three high schools and in between thinking I really wanted the university level, I taught at four colleges. So it's a long story, but you know, stayed at one high school, left, thought, no, I'm going back to university level, came back to high school. Yeah, crazy. And now I'm very happily where I need to be and I'm meant to be, which is Glenbard North High School in Carroll Street, teaching high school, even though I said I was never going to do it. <laughs> well, what? Because I, you, you shared it was a horrible, but wonderful student teaching experience. Yes. <laughs> um, I would, I would love to hear a little bit more about that and what specifically yeah. with the, and I think you mentioned the relationships with the kids, but what specifically in that experience made you go, oh yeah, this is it. I had a department chair who really, really believed in me. He was amazing. My cooperating teacher was, was wonderful too from Northeastern, but he was pushing that I teach speech, public speaking, and I had my English certification. So he, he said, you know, you can always do that. And I said, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what Don Lenny did at Oak Park River Forest High School, he's since retired. Um, he's the one that I say discovered me. Uh, he gave me the opportunity to actually assist and direct and work with the students more closely during my student teaching. He was the head of the video production program. So that school had their own newscast. Um, I taught video there. He just threw me in. So for my student teaching, I taught public speaking, video production, and acting. Um, the acting side of it, what, the acting class, that was a little bit of a um, challenge, which is interesting because that's what I really wanted to do. Uh -huh. um, but for other reasons, which I won't go into right now, it was not a good experience. And, you know, I think that's just common that a student teaching experience is, can be, can go in every direction. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was Don who said to me during my student teaching, you're doing a great job with video, but wow, you're amazing with these kids in the after school theater program. And have you thought about directing? I'd like you to come back next year. And he already offered me a job. So I taught part time. I'd already had my first child. So I had a baby at home and I didn't want to work full time. So I started teaching there and it was, uh, I taught public speaking, I taught video, and couldn't wait till the afternoons when I saw my theater kids. And I was nervous, I was excited. It was the first show I directed uh, that he gave me the opportunity to direct, and I've been obsessed ever since. I love that. I love that. In a minute, I'm going to um, follow up about um, mentor teaching and mentorship of young teachers, because you've had two of my student teachers since I've been at ISU and you currently work with um, another one of my graduates who was not a student teacher there, but I know you're, you're mentoring her um, through her early years of teaching. But before that, I would love to get into a little bit about um, the, the various levels that you've taught at and, and the teaching of, of acting in theater at those different levels and what that looks like. Well, it's interesting. I, I thought that I would be the best at, uh, because of my passion for acting, uh, teaching acting at the college level. And I think I was pretty good. I taught, oh, at Dominican University, I had a wonderful experience. I taught theater history. I taught anything they threw my way. And as, as an adjunct, I was never full-time because I, was, I wanted to be home with my kids. 
I had already had a few years experience teaching high school. So I thought, okay, you know, college is what I want to do. And um, it's a very different experience. The college level, again, you're dealing mostly with students who want to be there. They took my acting class because they were acting majors, right? Mm -hmm. So it was wonderful. And I taught voice and movement and um, we analyzed scripts and I developed mostly my own um, curriculum. But when I had the opportunity to go back to teaching high school and why did I do that? I'll be honest for the money. I, I, the adjunct paycheck is minimal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I got the offer from my old, uh, from my, um, from Don Lenny at Oak park. And he said, come on in and I'll give you a part-time job and you can direct plays. And I saw the paycheck and I was like, okay. But I really was, a, I was a little resistant because here I was saying, I'm going to be a college professor, you know. Um, so it is a very different animal. It's very, very different. And I think what I love, believe it or not, about high school over teaching college is, and this is going to sound weird, is the neediness of the kids. Mm. It's the It's the age group. It's the time of turmoil it's the self-discovery it's all the stuff that they're going through before they make that college decision and i loved working with the student who of theater who maybe thought they'd just try it in high school because they were shy you know or maybe they were passionate about it but what i loved was helping them find it watching that light bulb go up. And I didn't find the same satisfaction teaching at the college level. I I enjoyed it and would have loved a full-time position. But the best decision I made was to go back to high school for that reason. And it's still the reason I love it. As you were talking, I was thinking of the things that I loved when I I still taught high school. and, And it was many of those same things you were just sharing. And then it took me to thinking about what it is I love about what I'm doing now at the mm. collegiate level. And yeah. I, I, I love, I want my students to listen to this podcast all the time, but I'm hoping they'll like fast forward for this part. But like my intro methods class, the one I have their mm-hmm. very first day of college and that first semester is first time yeah. students, I think is one of my favorite classes to teach. Oh yeah. Because there's that neediness is there, that, that, that yeah. hunger in that. I don't know as much as I thought I did. I want to know more. Um, right. And right. then I think I experienced that again when they're student teachers. Uh-huh. Um, it just full cycle comes uh-huh. right back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Cause that's all it's about. That's really what it's about. And I tell my students, that's what acting is. That acting is just you in a process of yeah. finding yourself and, what you love and even if you never do it again and i have a lot of students who and we'll go into this i'm sure what i teach at glenbard uh, are students that are resistant because they have to take a speech or theater class and those are my favorite classes mm-hmm. the ones where they sit there and look at me defiantly you know i have to take this and what i tell them the very first day is you're going to love this because this is about learning about yourself. It's yeah, it's learning about theater, 
but you may find a part of yourself you, you didn't realize through the study of acting. You, you know, you may make some discoveries and I like to give them that feeling that they will, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not about this lesson and that lesson and that it's about finding out more about themselves and each other. Well, let's go into that a little bit since you since you brought that up because I know I know there are many districts and many many teachers in different districts around the country who wish that their 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 district and their their state would would have that fine arts or speech requirement. Yeah. Um, and then they there are those that have that and they're like, oh my gosh, those are the kids I don't want in the class, the ones that have to be there. So talk about that because yeah. I, I I'm with you. I see the double edged sword of it. It is. There really is a double-edged sword because I also teach acting where the kids upper level, what's upper level acting? Not really. I get all kinds of kids, which is great. But in the acting class, a lot of them choose it. They want to be there. At Glenbard North, which is something that I, I'm just so proud of and admire and have never worked in a district where they do this, they require students to take either introduction to theater or speech, public speaking. They can choose. And it's interesting, a lot of the kids who are tend to be pushed by their parents and the kids that are a little more uh, rule followers, they take the speech because they're told, okay, I have to learn public speaking, how to get up in front of people and speak. Um, we notice that it's those other kids that either hear, oh, theater's a little easier and you don't have to, you know, the word gets around. It's, it's not, you, you only have to do one speech. Uh, so, so I get those kids uh, oftentimes and freshmen through seniors. Mm-hmm. So they could be any level. Um, I personally ha- have even mentioned this to administration. I think it should be a freshman requirement. I think they should take it when they're freshmen. But then the other side of it is I've had seniors who are more mature and have put off taking it because they're scared to death of getting on stage. Um, who've really loved it mm-hmm. and it's helped their college career. So it's, it's a tough one, but it's a great idea. I think all schools um, should do it. It's uh, great. And why do I like you asked me, you mentioned, what is it about the kid that takes it that doesn't want to be there? That's what I like. That's what I like. Um, I was kind of the kid that wasn't sure I wanted to be there for most of my high school career. And I think it, I keep going back to, my resistance it's i loved it and it attracted me you know i was interested in it but i was extremely shy um i was uncomfortable socially i know that's hard to believe because i'm so talkative now but i um i didn't know who i was i didn't know and it was my teacher my high school teacher that changed my life really and so i while it can be difficult and I've had some difficult students who challenge me and, and come in very resistant and hostile, I've also, I like that challenge. And I tell them that the first day that this is about who you are. And that's a little scary, but um, you're going to find out more about yourself in this class. So I have through the years, at least at Glenbard, um, I, I feel that I've, gosh, created actors that didn't know they were actors, you know. Um, I've recruited a lot of kids into our after-school program, and I'm gentle with them. I, I, don't, I don't have it all set. I don't have the curriculum all set. I kind of, I do, but 
I change it for the group of students that I have. So I try to make it fun and interesting. And those that are still resistant at the end, uh, I'm a little hard on myself about, you know, you don't reach every kid. Uh, I try to, but I also realize that it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. But if they learned one thing about themselves and about the theater, then I'm happy. Looking back, I, lo I loved having those resistant kids in class because it became my personal mission to win right, them over. Exactly. And and again, if, if they exactly. didn't walk out loving theater and, and loving me, they knew that I loved them when it was all said and done. They knew that I they they, could, yes. they were coming to me and they were going to have a good time. They didn't have to like it, but they, it was a, a fun place and they knew they were cared for in that space. And that's exactly what I was going to say. I got a, a note recently from a student who graduated, um, let's see, uh, two years ago. And the, the note said, Mrs. Orlin, I, I want to thank you for putting up with me, for pulling me out of my shell and for dealing, helping me with my anxiety. I mean, this is a girl, the, the first day that she was required to be, all I have students do is, uh, the first day is introduce each other. In intro to theater, they do, um, they start to get to know each other. We just talk and then they interview each other and find interesting things and introduce their partner to the class as someone you should know. Why, why, what is it that I learned? And it's scary for them. Well, she ran out of the room crying mm -hmm. and she looked at me and she said, I will never be able to get up in front of anyone. And I said, well, you don't have to right now. You don't have to, you're going to talk to me and you're going to tell me your story and that's okay. And she said, but how will I be graded? And I said, well, we'll figure that out. Well, because there will be a time that you'll be ready and you'll take that risk, mm -hmm. but it's not now. And she ended up giving a speech. Uh, I think this is actually public speaking. Yeah. She ended up giving a speech, her last speech was um, about her anxiety and helping other people find their way through that and her discoveries about herself. And wow. everybody was crying, everybody. So I got this wonderful note from her. She went off to college and um, she'll probably never do it again. But that was great, you know? That was great. Hey, theater educators, this is Jimmy Chrisman. If you have ever wondered how you can support the podcast in any way, well, I'm about to tell you. Dead Talks Podcast has always been and will always be a free podcast that I put out there for you teachers. I know you don't make a lot of money. I don't make a lot of money as a university professor. But if the podcast is something that has helped you out or that you just really want to find a way to support us, this is how. Visit www.buymeacoffee.com slash PC. And there you can make a donation right to the expenses of the show to help offset those costs. I thank you in advance for what you will do. Thank you for those of you who have donated. I appreciate it. And even if you can't make a donation, I still appreciate you. Just continue to listen and continue to share. That website again is www.buymeacoffee.com slash PC. Over your, 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 your career, um, in the, the different universities you went to, the, the different jobs you've had, the different schools you've worked in, 
talk about your experiences with different administrations and Ooh. bosses and and navigating working with different types of leaders. Well, it wasn't easy mm. a lot of the time. And I will start by saying that I'm finally home. Um, I, I'll start by saying I, I work for, I'm going to say his name because he's awesome. And we connected on the first day we met, Nathan King, who's a department chair at Glenbard North High School. And um, I finally found what it's supposed to be like. But it was a long journey. And I was with a couple of administrations that really um, didn't care, seemed to care about their teachers as much as the Glenbard District does. So I feel very fortunate mm -hmm. that I found it. But I still, as, as, as challenging as it was to work with various administrations, even the difficult ones, I learned to be true to myself and and ask for what I needed and always remember that it was about the kids. And even if I had a conflict, which I don't usually, I'm very easygoing, I think. You know, I try to please people and I'm flexible. Um, but I received, I, I had, I don't know if it was threatening, people were threatened or you know, I was so excited and passionate about what I did that it, some of the places where I worked, it seemed to be, uh, it wasn't accepted. It wasn't nurtured. And so I thought that's the way it was everywhere. And it's not why I jumped around, by the way. I, I had a, my first teaching job in high school was ended very badly and I had to quit um, because it just wasn't healthy for me. Mm. And that's when I went to teach in college and thought, okay, see, high school wasn't meant to be. So I, I need to do college and then uh, found my way back to another high school that was challenging administratively. And I think it's become so complex. I think there's so many levels of administration. There's so many rules. There's so many, you know, I'm old enough to remember when there was one principal of a school mm -hmm. And that was it. And he had a secretary. And there were a few college counselors. Um, we still had problems, you know. But I think it's gotten very complex, and I think they're pressured mm -hmm. by school boards and by uh, meeting the requirements and wanting to be the best schools. Um, but I also think a lot of administrators don't understand the arts. And they're so focused on who's taking AP courses and who's, you know, it's, it's all about the, the, the main courses that, that people have to take. And I think at my school, it's, boy, are we taken care of. Mm. They really understand and they see firsthand what theater can do, all the arts can do for students. Um, so my advice to anyone going into teaching, you may end up in a school where, you know, you, you don't get the support, but you have to persevere and just be true to what you want to do. Cause it is, it can be tough. Yeah. It can be tough. I remember my, my very first principal was a national principal of the year. Um, she, she was featured on Oprah. Um, I mean, like she was a big deal and was not very accessible. Um, right. And I had a, a string of principals after her at that first school that I worked at that 
didn't even know where my theater was in the building. Like, I mean, it, it was, I was that a non-entity in the building. Oh, I believe it. And when yeah. I, when I left there and I went to the last school that I was at for 12 years before I moved here, it was so refreshing because when I was, after I'd been hired, I was still finishing up my school year, but my new principal that I was going to work for came to see my musical that year. Mm. My yeah. principal at my school did not. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, that so something. when yeah, I, I when I moved to, to the new school, I, 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 I had the best relationship with that principal and he was so supportive and he, he was of the firm belief that athletics, academics, arts, and community are all equal components in the school. And one is not going to be supported more than the other and one is not going to be valued more than the other. And because he knew mm -hmm. the importance of all of them and that there are different kids in that building and right. It, it's that's, all important. Yeah. That's, that's where I am now. And I, you know, part of it makes me a little sad. I wish I had found them sooner because, <laughs> you know, I struggled so much to find that never thinking I would. Um, just to be nurtured like that. And um, I've been there. This is my seventh year. That's it. You know, Nathan found me uh, seven years ago. I found him. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm close to retirement now. So how many years can I squeeze in doing <laughs> this, this wonderful working for these, uh, this, this district that cares, you know, I, I love that you're so in love with your job. And I, I, I've, I've met you a few times in person and, and been in your classroom and that joy and love for those kids and what you do just is evident Aww, in, in you. who you are in that space. And, and, and what I'm seeing on the screen right now, I know the listeners can't see you, but I, the, you light up when you talk about what you do. Um, yeah. Can you share a little bit more about your high school teacher and, and their influence? I would, oh, <laughs> I would love to because David Feldman, David Feldman at Coral Gables High School in Miami, Florida, changed my life. He was a, he was a passionate, um, exciting, wonderful man. And I came in as a freshman. I don't know what it was. You know, I always loved acting and I thought I have to be an actress. I have to, but I was so scared of, you know, of, of doing it. So shy. And he cast me my freshman year in a role. And I remember walking up to him and saying, as many of my students do, uh, Mr. Feldman, I can't do this. Hmm. I don't know what you see. I, I don't, I don't get it. And he said, trust me, I'm going to teach you. And his passion for theater, he taught, I took acting all four years and that man taught me about method acting. It wasn't just theater games. It was, Boleslavsky, Stanislavsky. This is how you dig deep. This is where how you connect to a character. I mean, here it was high school. He he just was extremely serious about the craft. And he, by my senior year, he said to me, "You need to do this." You know, he really guided me through this. And um, I didn't know then I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I knew that I loved acting. And it was my own resistance and my own fears and many reasons for that, that I, I did major in theater, but always stayed on the periphery, but not in high school, boy. He, he got me. I was the lead by junior year and barefoot in the park. 
<laughs> Neil Simon's uh, comedy and became a, a pretty confident student so that I could go on and major in theater. He, um, he really inspired me and I still use some of his methods. And isn't that wonderful to be able to look back and, and credit someone with that. And I guess that's why I had to do it. I, I had to be a Mr. Feldman, you know, hmm. and, uh, maybe see if some kiddos don't, that don't know they need to be doing it, find out they need to be doing it. Hmm. I love that. I love that. I didn't take theater in high school. Um, I was a, I was a band kid and, um, Oh. I loved our, our, our band directors that we had, uh, but I think my teacher was my um, he was my world history and my European AP history teacher, um, and he he was he was just this surly, very skinny, very elegantly <laughs> dressed black man who spoke eloquently and told you like it was and. I just, That's okay. I just remember one the the one day in class I I had to leave class that day to go for a scholarship interview, and I don't remember someone said something about me behind me, um, and he stood up and he said, "You will shut your mouth. This young man is going to interview for the greatest profession in the world, which is teaching. So unless you're doing that, don't speak about him anymore." And I was like, "Wow, you are my hero from this day forward." <laughs> So I, I, I love that. I love that, that you had someone that would foster that and, and help and, spark that passion with you. And you know what else I think is interesting in my discover in my transition into teaching and why teaching, um, I think it was through Mr. Feldman that I saw what he, he gained from helping me. Mm. He, it was his joy was finding that in students and helping them find who they were as actors and just as people. And maybe it was always in the back of my mind, you know, I want to be a Mr. Feldman. I don't know. But um, when I continued with acting and trying acting, I was never comfortable. I was never, mm, I felt it was selfish, hmm. you know, because you're, you're, it's about you. It's about creating, you know, and it's a wonderful career. But it's when I found teaching that I thought and directing that I realized it's about giving, you know, it's about um, giving of yourself mm -hmm. and helping others. And I had so much more joy from that than acting. And maybe it's because I saw it in him. I love that because that's so true. I mean, that, I think about it that is. Now. It's, that's it's selfless. So true. It's, it's selfless being <sighs> a teacher. It's very, but yet you gain so much from it, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit more about um, coming into uh, your career in teaching uh, later in life. Um, you yeah. you had your first child by then, and you were you you had explored other things professionally. You won an Emmy professionally, and here we are <laughs> transitioning into to teaching. So, what was that yeah. like for you? Well, it was it was scary. Mm. It was very scary because all I knew was. Well, I'm either going to be an actress, and if I don't make it, then uh, I'm going to work in television. And I tried on camera television. I did voiceovers. I did um, commercials. Um, never made me happy. You know, I was so hard on myself. Uh, so hard. It just, it was too miserable. It was just too miserable. I just was never good enough. Um, 
so there was such a, a joy again of it. I hate to say that it not being about me and, you know, that focus that I discovered, I guess my gut was right. And what I learned in high school was that I can help kids find their way. Mm. It was very scary. I did have little ones at home. And my first play, I remember the first play I directed, uh, The White Rose. I don't, do you know that play? Mm-hmm. Lillian Garrett Grogue. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That was the first play I did. And it really changed my life. It, it just, I felt this incredible freedom getting out of the rigors of television and um, being able to connect with, with these kids and enjoy the process of, it was easier than I thought. It was easier than I thought. And I would encourage anyone um, to, if you want to make that change at any point in your life, just do it. Just do it. If it's a law degree, do it. You know, I was 34 by the time I started teaching and really didn't have a theater ed program like yours. I didn't have the training. Really, it was all instinctual for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had acting training, but I didn't have teaching. So if anything, I was a little insecure about that. Mm-hmm. How do I manage the classroom? How do I? That was the scary stuff. You know, all the paperwork and the behavioral management. And boy, did I learn a lot that first year. But all teachers do. Um, but it was a very exciting change. It was very, And I had wonderful support with my husband. I was raising... Uh, we had just gotten custody of his daughter, uh, who was 12 years old, so I could be at home. I was w- working, teaching part-time. I could be at home with my child and take care of her. And um, I, I found my way. It was just great. I'm so glad I, cha- I changed directions. Well, how, do you, how did you find, um, have you found, and if you did, how, um, that work-life balance then? Because I know many teachers struggle with that, specifically theater teachers. Well, my gosh, it was hard. And that's why I stuck to my guns. I mean, I worked part-time. And at that point, the school where I was said, we can use you part-time. So, uh, but it's still part-time teaching, as you know, you're still doing after-school theater. Mm -hmm. So you're still there all day. I I had wonderful help at home. I I had great support from my husband. And um, I, I managed, I managed. I mean, I continued teaching while my kids were growing. I have three wonderful kids. And my advice to anyone that tries it is uh, take care of yourself, you know. Um, it can be so consuming and it's so many hours and it's, it's wonderful, but it adds so much to your life too. I even put my daughter in a couple of shows. So I, I worked my way around that and said, oh, she can be in this play. A little tiny thing. I needed a child actor, so I brought her in. Are you a regular listener of Fed Talks and have always wondered how you can be a guest on the show? Well, this is how you sign up to be a guest on Fed Talks and join the ranks of all the other amazing theater educators that have been on the show. All you do is go to www.fedtalks.com and 
right at the top of the page, there's a link that says register as a guest. Click that and then you'll be taken to a page where you fill out some information and hit submit. And once you do, you'll be taken to a scheduling link where you can schedule a time to have an interview with me and share your stories and resources here on the show. You may think, Ugh, I don't really have something to talk about. Nobody wants to hear my stories. You know what? Every single guest who I have talked to has pretty much said the same thing. And we have a fantastic conversation. And hopefully those stories and what you're hearing keep bringing you back. So I promise you, you have things that people want to hear. And I want to hear from you. www.fedtalks.com and click register as a guest. Stop thinking about it and just do it. I can't wait to talk to you soon. I know you and I were, were talking a little bit before we, we started the interview about the pandemic and coming back um, from the pandemic and, and how last year was so incredibly hard um, at all levels of teaching and, and, and students. And, and so can you talk a little bit about your experience and kind of where you see things right now with, with you and, and your students? It's better. I can feel it already. We've been in school a week and a half. And there's sort of a sigh of relief among teachers and students. Uh, I'm not going to say there won't be issues down the road. And we've already had some issues at school, as as all schools have with behavior. Um, pandemic. The pandemic was a terrible time for me. Uh, teaching at home via the computer, trying to teach acting on... I mean, it was... Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. it was impossible. That same year I was teaching two English classes for the first time in many years. So it was, uh, I got very depressed, very discouraged. But then I realized in talking to students that they were too, you know, they were more depressed and more discouraged. I had a little more control over things than they did. And I, I have talked a lot about that with my students last year and as rough as it was coming back again socially, you know, there was a lot more bullying. There was just an uncomfortableness in being together again. Mm -hmm. As much as we needed it, it just, it just, it was tough. And it seems like they had to learn everything all over again, how yeah. to talk to each other, how to talk to me. I had to learn how to talk to them. And we sort of had to come out of this depression, you know? And uh, I think it was traumatic. So I think we're in a time of healing right now, actually. And, and that's how I look at it. So I am very hopeful. I think that we will have learned from it, learned how much we do need each other mm -hmm. um, by being back. And I don't know if you noticed that at your level. I, I do. I haven't. Um, we don't I, are at this point of our, our of our conversation. Our, my students aren't back yet. They come back in a couple of days. Um, but I. That that year and a half that we were online was hard. And then oh. when we came back, I mean, teaching them to teach theater online and then watching my student teachers teach in a zoom room with no cameras on and they're doing a one man show for an hour. I mean, I, that was hard to watch right. them go through that. And I mean, you had one of my student teachers during that, that whole time. Um, right. Right. And Madison, uh, who is now one of your former, she did her student yeah. teaching online and did her first year with us. And it was a rough year. Yeah, she, she was grateful and it was exciting, but she said, "Oh my God, yeah. this is nothing like what I expected." And then, and then last year when we came back, everyone was so excited to be back. Right. But like you said, there was there was still that 
that depression. There was still that fear. PTSD. PTSD. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I noticed there was a, a, how did I phrase it? Like a stunted maturity with my freshmen when they came in. I was like, I was having to pull out intro to theater classroom management techniques from high school to keep them quiet keep them focused let's keep moving and yeah yeah i i hate to say it but i was meaner than i've ever been and i yes i i um realized that the looseness and the kindness that i use you know the kind of we'll get to know each other thing wasn't working Mm -hmm. because they were out of control and think about it those freshmen that i got last year coming back from it hadn't been in a classroom for a couple of years and we're now high school t- students. And that's when I realized I've got to change course here. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to uh, be more of the disciplinarian and more of that parent to them that yeah. they need. And that's why it was difficult. And, and they challenged us, all of us. And I think that's why a lot of teachers have left the business, which is really unfortunate because yeah. I, I found it also to be such a learning year. I learned new methods. I learned new ways to get there, to keep them focused. I learned more about classroom management. Uh, my student teacher, Ben, learned more about classroom management. And uh, I think it helped me in, in, in some ways. And, and have more compassion for what they were going through. Absolutely. It's just, just anyone that downplays it or says, you know, it, it can't be downplayed. It it. It did a number. It did a number on all of us, and it takes time to come back. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've seen the full no. results and ramifications of what we've all gone through yet. I think because a, I think we're still living in it. Um, oh, we are. And yeah. I, I don't think we'll we'll see that that full ramifications for a couple of years. But I, I, I agree with you. I had to learn new methods. I had to learn new ways of doing things and and mm-hmm. new ways of showing grace and. Right, um, right. Yeah. And not being so hard on them. Again, I was more of a disciplinarian. But at the same time, I had the I had the empathy mm-hmm. and to understand if I'm going through this, what's it like for them? Mm-hmm. You know, what these poor kids home alone with nobody to talk to or taking care of siblings. I had so many students who who were in school online, but they were taking care of three to four little siblings. Yeah. And um you know, we're already in a crisis somewhat <laughs> of technology, you know, Instagram. And I, I don't want to sound like an old person because in some ways I think it's made us better. But the lack of togetherness, the lack of communication and the immediacy of communication, it, it's so changed. Then to add the pandemic on top of it, this isolation, this um more isolation that they have from each other. Uh, we need to understand just what they were going through. Yeah, and and you you shared you you feel there's kind of a an exhale and a, a breath of a fresh air kind of feeling with this year. So, what is it you're looking forward to this year? I'm looking forward to being on stage again. Our after school program is 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 we're starting over. We're rebuilding. We lost a lot of kids, you know, to graduation and maybe fear after the pandemic of getting involved. You know, again, they're getting used to being back in school. They're not joining clubs. They're not doing uh, sports is a a, a different thing. But 
uh, we at, at Glenbard were working very hard to rebuild. So I was excited the other day when we had our first round of auditions for our uh, first two productions. We have student-directed production uh, first, and then we have a play directed by a, a faculty person. It's not me until the spring. I'll be directing in the spring, but I'll be involved in uh, training the kids with props and sound and supervising. That's the thing about our program where even if you're not directing, you are involved in some aspect with the production and supervising and teaching the children, which is, is great. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to rebuilding and, and um, we had maybe 30 kids audition the other day, which isn't, you know, we had numbers. I know a play I did a couple of years ago, uh, Ordinary People, I had 75 that showed up for one audition day. That was one out of two. And the interest was just, you know, that's the history of our theater program. We are a good program and a lot of kids are involved and we've lost a lot since the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to the, the training and rebuilding and encouraging kids to get involved. And we've got a lot of freshmen who are interested. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that. Well, you, I mentioned several times that you have, you've served as a mentor teacher for a couple of my student teachers and, and one of my graduates who's working with you now on your team. Um, I personally, I think you are a phenomenal mentor teacher and, and example to, to those young teachers coming in. Um, I could say what I think makes you a fantastic mentor, mentor teacher, but what, when you're working with those young people and those young Mm -hmm. teachers, what is it that you see they need and how do you help address that? I'd love to hear how how you support them and in such a wonderful way. Hmm. Well, I, I'll start with the passion that I see in them, the enthusiasm. It, it's got to be there. Mm-hmm. And I connect with them on that automatically. I tell them, you know, I've been doing this a while, but the truth of the matter is, and I really believe this, I'm learning from them as much as they're learning from me. And when they hear that, and you know, I haven't done this a lot. You know, Jack, uh, during, um, we're mentioning names people don't know, but one of your uh, students was my first, the first time that I've been a cooperating teacher. Can really? you believe it? Yes, because I was never anywhere long enough to do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I kept leaving and finding other jobs. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. But it's been, it's, I just love it. I just love it. And I don't look at it like, oh, I'm teaching them how to be a teacher. It's, it's, it's me asking them, what do you, what do you know? What do you love? What do you want to do? You know, here's a, here's my curriculum, but what can we do together? You know, what did you learn that you love? What's your first passion? I know with Ben, it was um, devised theater. And I, and I was honest with him and I said, you know, I'm kind of a dinosaur here. I'm learning about device theater now, incorporating some of it. I can learn from you. And I think um, giving them that freedom, of course, it depends on the student. Some are really want to go by uh, a specific curriculum. Um, but I find that I learn as much from them as they do from, from me. And I love, just like I love watching my students' light bulb go off, 
I love that process of watching a student teacher just find out what kind of teacher, what kind of leader, what kind of human they can be. And the most challenging is always classroom management. Mm -hmm. It is. It just is. And that's the part of teaching you can't learn. And I tell them that, you know, you've got to just do it. You've got to just do it. For me, the hard part was how much hands-on should I be? How much do I lay back and say, hey, do your own thing? You know, so because this was kind of new for me, um, it was very exciting. But I, I love it. I, I appreciate you saying that because that is something that I I tell my students all the time and, and over the course of the four years that I have them, they're like, I want I want more focus on classroom management. Yeah. And I'm like, I there's only so many theories and tools and tricks I can teach you because every class is gonna be different. And that's that's what the great thing about student teaching is you get to try those things. You get to see what works for you with these kids and what doesn't. And I can't tell you all that. And, and neither can you because they're a different no. person. And guess what? I tell them too. Uh, every year, you're a new teacher. Yep. You are. And they're like, well, no, you've been doing this curriculum for I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I haven't. <laughs> if I did the same thing I now that I did 20 years ago, uh, for, forget that. Yeah. You know, we are always learning. And that's what's wonderful about teaching. You know, I tell the kids that I'm, I'm here to learn about you. You know, what do you like? What are we going to discover together? Um, but yes, back to classroom management, you still got to be, you know, the old expression when I went to school was mean till Halloween. Uh, <laughs> did you ever hear that one? I, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, well, I don't believe in that necessarily, but I do believe that they do need the structure and mm -hmm. they do need a strong person who's not a dictator, but mm -hmm. someone who... You know, it's hard to show both. It's hard to be as empathetic as I am and how much I want to nurture them and get to know them and at the same time not be taken advantage of. And I think that's the balance that that at least this last student teacher, Ben, Ben and I talked about a lot. How, how do you do that? How do you give of yourself and not get too vulnerable so that they take advantage of you? Because it's you're being vulnerable and you're showing them who you are that hooks them too, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's the challenge. Yeah. That's, uh, and, and you're right. You can't really teach that. And, and every district you go into is going to have different requirements and different, you know, for instance, we don't have at Glenbard North a phone uh, usage policy. I think we should, because I think it would help the teachers uh, support the teachers. So you're, you're on your own. It, they, it says no phone usage, but oh my gosh, we all know that we ourselves take out our phone and check it. Um, so that that's probably one of the biggest challenges right now. And I have my ways of trying to get their phones put away, but and some of it works, you know. But the challenges happen with every class. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I am very grateful for the, the amazing work you've done with my students so far. And um, they have had a very rich experience um, under your mentorship. And I, 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 I was the same way when I hosted student teachers. And, and of, I, I, that would, that's the first thing I would say to them on our first meeting is, please, I, I, I beg you and dare you to give me 
a new lesson that I can steal from you and do when you leave. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I steal all the time. All the time. I still take workshops. I still, uh-huh. you know, I want to be better. I want to connect with the kids and, and, uh, yeah, I'm so much better a teacher now than I was when I started, of course. Yeah. yeah. I look back at my first year of teaching. I'm like, Oh, Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, and did they roll over me? Did uh, they roll over me? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, Absolutely. Jo- Jolaine, I would love to hear one or two of your favorite stories from your career so far. A, a funny moment, one of those touching, impactful moments, or a horror story during a show, anything at all. Oh. Oh, my gosh. There are so many. <laughs> <laughs> I've directed... Uh, my gosh, over 30 productions, at least at the high school level. Um, I, I know that, well, one funny story. Well, I'll tell you one really cool story is that I actually directed um, Cecily Strong in two shows before Cecily Strong became SNL Cecily. Yeah. So I was her first theater teacher. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. I know. And I tried (laughs) to get in touch with her when I was in New York recently. And, you know, you have to go through publicists. And I'm thinking, she's not going to remember Mrs. Orlin. Oh, my God. No. Well, I never did get to her. And I'm still working on it um, because I'd love to hear about her journey. Um, But, gosh, so so that was exciting. Uh, Her talent was amazing. Um, I've had... Gosh, learning to direct productions, just trial and error. You know, I've had so many funny stories. I did a production of Blind Spirit and you know how everything in Blind Spirit falls apart at the end of the play mm-hmm. and everything. Well, it was happening. It was so poorly set technically that those things started happening before they were supposed to happen. Oh, <laughs> yes, on stage live. So uh, I learned that sometimes you have to go with it. And I learned that my students really improvised quite well, quite well. Um, So I've had those kinds of things happen. Um, Gosh, I think in classroom situations, the most impactful story I can tell you lately, at least, was a student I had who was on the autism spectrum. He was given to me had to take intro to theater and had uh, did not have an aide. Usually they have an aide. Hmm. Um, he did not. And, and this, this child did not like to speak. He did not speak. And I thought, what? You can imagine. It's a theater class. And he whispers and he doesn't want to speak. What am I going to do with him? And I went to special ed and I said, I need somebody. And they were like, well, you're on your own. I don't know. Even, even if you just, and I'm like, no, 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 no. So here I, because I take on these challenges and I challenge myself, I worked with him and paired him up with, with a kid that was very, very um, sweet and giving. And I thought, what the heck, I'm going to get this kid to talk. So I gave him a very short scene that I figured he would just read on stage. And I said, if I can get you to just get up on stage and say the words, right? It doesn't even have to be loud, just say them. And he's, he's like, okay, <laughs> he wouldn't talk to me. So I paired him up with this other student and 
it was a sweet scene about a, a kid approaching a friend whose parents had just divorced. Very short lines, maybe a 30 second, 45 second speech uh, scene. And he was rehearsing on the side with, I kind of left him alone. I thought, well, this isn't going to happen anyway. So, you know, I, he'll get up and read it. This kid had taken so much in, I guess, from our class, even though he hadn't participated. He got up on the last day. He had no script in his hand. He had his blocking set. He knew what that was. He had learned everything. And he spoke so clearly and so beautifully and connected with this other person in the scene. And we were all crying, like the whole class was like, oh my God. So I had him do it again. I brought his caseworker in and I said, you have to see this. Um, and I know I'm, you know, you're probably thinking that I would talk about all these great acting moments and plays that I've done, but this was by far one of the best that I'll never forget. And, um, it opened up his world and he talked, he's taking another one of my classes. He's taking film study, which I also teach. And right. So I've had many experiences like that and that's the best. That's the best. You know, whether I, I've cast them in plays too, students that are resistant. And I say, you know, I believe in you, you can do this. So those are the kinds of things and that um, that's why we do it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That warms my heart. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Well, my last two questions are the ones that I ask everyone on the show. And the first is, what right. is a resource that you are using or have used that is a must-have for theater teachers? Okay, get out your pencils and paper. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've used a lot. <laughs> I'm still using a lot, and I'll always take suggestions for more. Um, I love to teach improv in my theater class, as well as my uh, more experienced acting class. And... Um, I studied improv with Second City. I went through a complete training program with them years ago. Never performed with them, but I did get incredible training. So I, I go back on a, a lot of that. There's a source called uh, by um, Chicago Masters of Improv, Del Close and Charna Halpern. Uh, they are incredible improv teachers. They no longer teach. Improv Olympics is the group that they taught with there's a book called truth in comedy and i found that's a great resource to to get your the students comfortable with each other and trying really takes you through the process of of improv and what improv means um viola spolin i mean how do you not use spolin right that's in my back pocket i know it inside out and backwards and um her work is amazing i don't use everything but i i certainly do early on um, there's a book I use in my acting class. Um, I use Audition by Michael Shirtleff. Um, it's a great resource for understanding the deeper development of character and and um, training. I'm I've recently learned more and taken some workshops on on Meisner, uh, who really changed acting training and. I use a lot of anything by Sanford Meisner. There's a workbook, I forget the name of it, but there's one just working with high school students mm -hmm. and it's available on Amazon. Um, 
I think that it's, it reaches kids in a different way, Meisner's work. And I always go back to these, you know, traditional um, acting one by Robert Cohen is an old source. Um, in fact, I got that from one of your teachers at Illinois State University uh, years ago when I took a workshop. It's called Acting One. It's Robert Cohen. Um, Kristen Linklater for vocal work, Freeing the Natural Voice. I utilize some of that. But again, you know, with beginning students, they're resistant to voice work. Mm -hmm. So I, I squeeze it in when they don't know I'm doing it. You know, we don't lay on the floor and hum. You know, they're not going to do that. They're just not going to do that. So I use some of her ideas. Um, that's where I start. A lot of stuff with theater folk, actually, mm -hmm. online is really, I have found to be very helpful. And I just got a book, actually, that you recommended for to, to Ben, my guy, right, my last student teacher. Um, it's on devised theater because I want to learn more about that. Um, so yeah, some old, some new. Um, there's probably more, but that's a good start. That's a great list um, and a great one for for teachers who are covering lots of different things in their classes. So I appreciate that. Right. Um, Thank there's you. a there's a really and I'll have to find the title and and link it with with your page when this episode comes out. Um, it's uh, Sanford Meisner for twenty um, first century learners. Um, and it, it, it really takes into account, um, like anti-racism, um, gender affirming work, um, and really kind of right. where we are with, with DEIA work, um, in our theater classes. So I'll, I'll make sure I link that as well. I really, that's, uh, again, what I need more of. So I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. No his, his work is, yeah, great. Mm -hmm. His work is great. Mm -hmm. My last question is, what are your parting words of wisdom for that new <laughs> teacher entering the field or that veteran just needing an encouraging word right now? Okay, another list. Um, hmm. Stay with it. Do it. We, we need you. You know, the arts and, and theater are uh, how, uh, how some of these, these students find themselves and they need you to guide them. Um, I would say, first of all, remember that you are always learning. You cannot go into this saying, okay, I've had my school, I've done my student teaching, I know what to do. I, no, you don't. And most of all, we're learning from them. We're learning from our students. If you let yourself be um, vulnerable, you learn from them. I learn from them all the time. I've le learned about myself. I've learned about teaching. I've learned um, so much. So that would be the, the first thing. Um, be kind to yourself. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, it's the most challenging thing you could ever do. Uh, summer off is not enough. Hmm. It's just not enough. It can be draining. And because I... I get so involved in it and so involved with the students and, um, you know, want to be perfect and want to teach them, you know, I'm hard on myself. Just don't be hard on yourself. Take care of yourself. Um, there's no one way to teach. That's the other thing. I, I think be flexible, keep learning, keep reading. Um, 
deal with whatever administration you get because you know what? That's life. You got to be flexible and still be true to yourself as best you can. But there are always going to be rules. I tell my students that all the time. You know, it's just that's the way it is. But you have to work with that, with the system. Um, and that, you know, teaching is a journey. You're going to find out more about yourself through your students. You're going to find out more about life, uh, studying scripts, analysis, um, again, encouraging those kids that don't want to do it. Uh, just be open. I guess the last thing I would say is be yourself because kids know, you know, they know, they read you. And while that's a little scary, what they're looking for and what they respond to is that earnestness, is that truthful, um, is the kindness. Most times they will respond. Sometimes you won't reach a kid. Sometimes you won't. And there are times, of course, that I don't. But you can't be hard on yourself about that. That would be my advice. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jolaine, I wish you an amazing school year. And I, your students are very lucky. Your your team that you work with is very fortunate to have you. And oh. I know you feel the same way about them. Um, I do. But uh, I thank you so much for taking time to talk with me this morning. And if I can ever be a resource for you and your students, please do not hesitate asking me. Oh, you already have been and you will be. You're on my list. And it's been a joy. Thank you for having me. And that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please visit our website at www.fedtalks.com where you can find all of the past guest pages with their valuable resources and lots more information on the website for you. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast provider so that it automatically populates in your podcast app so you don't have to miss a single episode. Please rate us, leave us those five stars, review us, tell us what you're liking, and more importantly, share the podcast with all of those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. You can email me at jimmy at fedtalks.com and I will always respond. I love interacting with you on there. Visit us on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Facebook, the Fed Talks page, and on Instagram, Fed Talks Podcast. Teachers, I appreciate you. I love you. And I am so grateful for all that you're doing and the light that you're bringing to this world. Continue to change those students' lives and continue to make a difference in the world. Join us next week for a new episode. I'm your host, Jimmy Chrisman. Have an amazing week.